People's Republic of China has come out with their position today for the first time uh, in, a, in a while anyway, since the vote on condemnation of Russia failed at the United Nations Security Council. China has come forward and basically said not a lot on Ukraine and that situation. Let's listen to this report uh, that we found on it from the Indian television network uh, WION and then we'll talk about it a little bit more. Chinese President Xi Jinping came out with his strongest statement yet regarding Russia's invasion of Ukraine, calling for maximum restraint and saying he is, quote, pained to see the flames of war reignited in Europe, Chinese state media reported Tuesday. Xi spoke at a virtual meeting with French President Emmanuel Macron and German Chancellor Olaf Scholz and, according to China's CCTV, said the three countries should jointly support peace talks between Russia and Ukraine to prevent the conflict from, quote, spinning out of control. Macron in the meeting reminded Xi of the role that China must play as a member of the U.N. Security Council. China has refused to condemn Russia's actions outright and last month abstained from a Security Council vote seeking to condemn Russia's aggression against Ukraine and demand it withdraw its forces. China has also referred to Western sanctions against Russia as illegal, and in the meeting, she expressed concern over the impact sanctions may have on the stability of global finance, energy supplies, transportation, and supply chains. The friendship between China and Russia strengthened last month when Russian President Vladimir Putin attended the opening ceremony of the Beijing Winter Olympics on the same day that the two countries declared a no-limits strategic partnership. But that relationship has become awkward for China as the war in Ukraine escalates. CIA Director William Burns told the House Intelligence Committee on Tuesday that he thinks she and others among China's leadership are unsettled by what they're seeing in Ukraine. They did not anticipate uh, that the significant difficulties the Russians were going to run into. I think they're unsettled by the reputational damage that can come by their close association with President Putin's, I think they're a little bit unsettled about the impact on the global economy. And third, I think they're a little bit unsettled by the way in which uh, Vladimir Putin has driven Europeans and Americans much closer together. Meanwhile, Macron's office said in a statement that she expressed support for French-German efforts to reach a ceasefire. And a German government spokesman said the three leaders agreed that their foreign ministers would coordinate further efforts to end the conflict. So it can be interpreted in two different ways. Of course, this was a, a phone call between Xi Jinping and uh, Francis uh, Macron, uh, the, the French leader, and of course the Chinese leader having a discussion and possibly seeing ways about how they can ease the situation in the Ukraine and bring about some kind of positive moves towards a negotiated settlement. Um, it is taken basically by the West in, in that viewpoint. Um, it is something that is seen very differently, however, in Russia. It is China siding with Russia. So, although they've been taken down on many websites, uh, you can't really access them in many places. Uh, Facebook is blocking sharing of their videos. There's a few sites that you can go to directly uh, for them, but uh, Russia Today has this view on uh, Z's comments and what exactly it means. 
according to the uh, Russia Today um, broadcast. Today, Chinese President Xi Jinping discussed the situation around Ukraine with French President Emmanuel Macron and German Chancellor Olaf Scholz. He called on his European counterparts to take into account the security concerns of all countries and respect their sovereignty. The Chinese leader called the conflict in Ukraine alarming and called for maximum restraint, stressing the priority should be to pre prevent the situation getting out of control. He also noted that all three countries should support a peaceful resolution of the conflict, noting sanctions would slow down global economic growth, benefiting no one. Let's cross live now to Benjamin Chow, professor at the Paris School of Technology and Business and Southwestern University of Finance and Economics. Welcome to the program, Benjamin. Hi. What is China's latest position of the government towards the ongoing conflict in Ukraine? China is again calling for diplomacy. Uh, from the very famous book, The Art of War, uh, it said it is best to force the enemy to surround them without resisting. The best war plan is to win with strategy, followed by diplomacy, followed by destroying the enemy in the wild. The worst is to siege the enemy's cities, uh, and this would be the last option. While now Russia seems to be trying to avoid the last option, the U.S. seems to be using the first option of strategy now. And for China, knowing all these by heart. Today, Chinese President Xi Jinping talked to the French and German leaders, uh, urged all sides to use diplomacy to uh, resolve the conflicts. And China already promised earlier on about sending humanitarian aid to Ukraine shortly. Um, you know, China has been worrying about the Chinese inside Ukraine also. Uh, as you said, he called for maximum restraint to prevent a large-scale humanitarian crisis urged the two sides to maintain the momentum of negotiation, and uh, he re-emphasized China's position, already explained by China's uh, representative to the UN and also the foreign minister uh, these few days, which is that China supports the safeguarding of the sovereignty and territorial uh, integrity of all states, and to uh, ask them to abide by the UN Charter. But equally important, China asked that the West has to face strictly at Russia's security concerns, especially about the East expansion of NATO, and ask them to engage in equal-footed dialogue with Russia for a balanced, effective, and sustainable European security mechanism. Well, China obviously understands uh, Russia's security concerns surrounding NATO's expansion. But is China concerned by NATO's expansion, and uh, is, does, would it affect its, national, its international interests? Well, in fact, uh, people are saying that um, the West is building a, a NATO version in the East already. Uh, the, uh, the Quad, uh, the AUKUS, and, 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 and all this that you, you can think of. Uh, I think uh, China has repeatedly said that um, the, uh, all these strategies uh, of the West uh, and sanctions and so on are not really winning the hearts of many people in the world. If you look at the sanctions this time uh, to Russia, uh, asked by the, the West, uh, we see that actually 
about 80% of the world's population have not joined the session so far. Countries like India, Pakistan, uh, and also uh, the ASEAN countries, maybe except uh, Singapore and the Middle Eastern countries, and most of the African, African countries are not joining the West to sanction Russia. Perhaps they have seen not just Ukraine, but how many people have already died in wars in Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria, Libya, and so on. They are seeing the double standard of the West on such challenges. Today, you know, uh, China also asked the US to explain the 26 biolabs Pentagon allegedly control in Ukraine. So I think people really need to be to be concerned about the backlash of these economic consequences. Well, Benjamin Chow, Professor at the Paris School of Technology and Business and Southwestern University of Finance and Economics, thank you very much for your insights on China's position in the Ukraine conflict. And that's basically what you're seeing primarily, of course, you know how the Russians are presenting it from their perspective. The rest of the world may be presenting it from a different perspective, but officially, you know, the uh, professor there was speaking for uh, himself, but obviously guided by the Chinese government, and he was speaking from Beijing. It's pretty rare that you would get a critical point of view versus something that the Chinese government wanted in Beijing. And not going to happen. Nope. <laughs> not exactly typical for that part of the world. So, you know, Beijing coming out in support of uh, Russia, even in uh, the, uh, you know, vague language they used, but they were critical of U.S. sanctions. They were critical of uh, NATO sanctions. They're critical of NATO's expansion. And in fact, they view the situation in Russia in the same light as they view the situation in other parts of the world. And uh, it is very important to look at what the other sides are saying in all of this, because there are actually three, you know, it, it is it is a tripolar uh, world right now dealing with it. And, uh, you know, you, you, you can't just listen to one side or the other when it comes to this area. Another thing I've noticed here is um, on some of the visuals that we're seeing coming out of Ukraine uh, from the Russian side including different symbols now on the vehicles that are being presented. And that so far is uh, pretty, pretty, pretty new with all of this. Um, we're looking at this entire situation closely. And as promised, when events warrant, we will come in with the latest um, as they pop up every now and then. And uh, yeah, it, it is difficult, you know. I'm, a, I'm an and art, according uh, to China's know, CCTV, said the three countries, you know, as an army of one, basically. I'm just clicking my way through here, trying to figure out what's going on. Um, it really isn't that easy to uh, to look at a lot of this stuff because you know, basically clicking along, looking along, seeing what's going on, what's happening here, what's happening there. What's happening everywhere? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's it's not it's not really that big of an issue, of course, you know. And uh, as everything moves, and ways things are moving, um, bottom line for many places around the world is going to be the prices that are affected by two hundred dollar barrel oil. Um, maybe there will be attempts to reduce uh the necessity of, of all this 
But then there's also the issues of COVID that still are out there. Uh, China is having a, a horrible problem in Hong Kong and actually, ironically, in Wuhan with the Omicron variant that is now sweeping across China, leading to some concerns that they may just not be prepared. Um, as you look at all the different testimony, you, know, you can access many of the videos I'm accessing or many of the audio that I'm accessing um, through the... Um, uh, through, through the areas that, that we're looking at. Uh, there are still warnings, for example, uh, a lot of care going into a lot of statements coming out from Gavin Newsom, from Chuck Schumer, from uh, many in the uh, Democratic Party who are really coming out very strongly and being extremely critical, um, extremely critical of the way the United States is dealing with, uh, you know, reducing the possibility of trucker protests by essentially just going out and uh, um, calling in new protests, uh, preventing the protests by, by reducing mandates, reducing mask issues. So we're going to look at this. We're going to keep an eye on things and, and we're going to see how things are moving forward as they do throughout the day. But as we said, biggest issue is prices, fuel, inflation, and the atrocious actions that are really taking place and hurting the average person around the globe with all that is really going on. You're seeing very much of it. Leave you now with, you know, uh, some of these uh, comments as they come out, let's uh, go over to Capitol Hill from some of the archives that came out. This is uh, Representative Stephen Palazzo. Palazzo, Palazzo, I'm sorry, Stephen Palazzo. Um, and I'll pop in with where he's from and uh, his comments before the House yesterday on this entire situation as we head toward the door. Mississippi seek recognition. Madam Speaker, unanimous consent to address the House for one minute to revise and extend my remarks. Without objection, the gentleman is recognized for one minute. Madam Speaker, I rise today to address President Biden's attack on American energy independence. From day one, the Biden administration has opposed domestic energy production in the Gulf of Mexico and onshore. The drastic reduction in domestic energy production has made the U.S. even more reliant on foreign energy. Since President Biden took office, the U.S. has imported around 228 million barrels of oil from Russia alone. That adds up to 17.5 billion in 2021 to help fuel Putin's war on Ukraine and jeopardize our national security. Instead of increasing the amount of domestic energy production to help ease the high fuel price, the president is now looking to Venezuela and Iran to help supply the U.S. with even more foreign oil and gas. We cannot allow the United States to cut funding from one tariff to hand it out to another. The United States has the world's largest oil and gas reserves. We can produce energy resources more cleanly and efficiently than anywhere else in the world, and we should produce them. As a former offshore oil worker, now a member of Congress, an energy-independent United States is one of my top priorities in Congress. Our country must cut back its reliance on foreign oil. 
American oil, natural gas, or clean coal. The method is flexible, but the reason is not. We must increase our domestic production of energy. And our national fire. security depends on it. Uh, you know, right away, the minute the, minute the time expires, you know, so long as the Republican the Democrats come in and say, yeah, time is expired, you know. But but uh, Congressman Palazzo does a, a point. He is from Mississippi, by the way. And y'all didn't figure out that he was a good old boy. Uh-huh. Yeah, Chuck. Yeah, so so that basically is it. Uh, you know, bless his heart. Uh, he, uh, that's that's the you can say down in Mississippi. The uh, boy seems to be doing well with the ribs there, as a just looking at him, he's pretty much the same shape I'm in, which is round. Uh, that said, that's like a barrel, and he is talking about oil, and he knows a lot about oil, not because of the oil his body produces, uh, or other fat people like me produce. Uh, it's basically because of um, the situation we're in. Uh, you know, the United States does have one of the largest oil reserves in the world, and it's just not being produced. And in the meantime, we're dependent on oil that is coming from other parts of the globe that necessarily might not necessarily be needed to be tapped at all. At the end of the day, and this is what Congressman Palazzo had a very, very key point, by purchasing this oil, you're enabling those who are creating trouble and moving towards war. That's not that good. That's all for me for now.